What's going on, man? What's up, bro? I want to welcome you to the show. We have one of the nicest from North Vallejo, California, joining me on the show here tonight, Sports and Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, IR Radio Live 365. LaRusso, how you doing tonight, man? Thanks. I am marvelous. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. How's everything with all this COVID thing going on out here? The numbers are going up again. I hope you and your family are safe. Um, we're as safe as we can be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what were some positives that came out of this pandemic for you as an artist that may have helped you build up your numbers, your branding, anything? Um, I mean, just uh, the same shit going into it. You know, I just kind of kept my foot on the gas and kept creating and doing what I know how to do best. Uh, that's it. You know, I think uh, man, that the pandemic hit, it had people kind of in the house and in a state to receive content. So that kind of improved it for like people like myself who was creating, but yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't really change much of, of what I was doing. I was never really out too much anyway. So I kind of just got to lock in and just make my shit. You're more of an inside person, eight albums. You've made them out of your bedroom. I don't think there really is much as a difference of people going to the studio. I feel as though if you're in your element and that's your element, then that's what you're going to create your most, I'd say prestigious projects for certain for certain I mean uh we've had some great studio sessions too and like bigger studios and um there's a need and and uh it's 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 when it's a necessity you know when you're doing things as a group in a unit it's kind of cool to have the big studio where everyone could come in and sit and, and contribute but for the most part you know I make a lot of my music alone and just just writing and piecing my shit up so yeah I like being at home and at the crib Speaking of writing, you used to write poetry when you were younger. If you want to go on that, explain what type of poetry you used to write about. Um, I was really writing raps. Just raps. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was poetry because it is, you know, in a form, but I was really just writing raps. Mm-hmm. You used to pull up the talent shows, too. Talent shows? Yeah. When you were See? younger, I read that online. That's funny. I don't know where that came from. Talent shows. <laughs> Intriguing. I don't think so. I didn't really do too many talent shows that I could recall. Any ciphers? Yeah, I used That's to do it. freestyle battles. I mean, I've done my own ciphers. I used to battle uh, in high school often. But yeah, I don't I don't think any talent shows. <laughs> the the oh. Wikipedia is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But it all makes sense when it's done. You just dropped that recently. Is this what you're referencing about your career? Because I've, I've read about your journey and followed your story for a long time now and just the struggles that you went through. And it's crazy how New Year's is coming up because years ago, you were crying on New Year's. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so, uh, heavily. Uh, I think it's incredible to, uh, you know, that New Year's that I spent that time with myself and crying and kind of uh, down. I, 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 I vowed to never have a New Year's like that again, so... Look where we are now. <laughs> <laughs> this year, you're smiling on New Year's, right? Right. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm at peace. That's the main thing. What year was this when you were going through your troubles when you were crying? That on was New like Year's? the end of uh, 2019, going wow. into 2020. Wow. And it was because that you were putting in all this hard work and nothing was coming from it. Yeah, it was. Uh, and then you could only imagine how disheartening 2020 was to have COVID hit. And it's like everything that I had mapped out and planned to not have to redo that year was like, ah, you know. But uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was just uh, been in that space as an artist in general, you know, or anything. Imagine you go to work every day and you work your ass off and then you get your paycheck and it's a lot less than you thought it would be. 
you know, it's just that feeling. But the difference here is like you don't get to go find a new job. This is my life. So it's either I make it happen or or I'm shit out of luck. <laughs> what did you do as a form of therapy to get you through those times? Was it positive reading, journals? What was it? Because yeah, it's I, always interesting to hear about the depression that artists go through. And I think someone in your position who really cares about their craft and actually does it through the lyrics, especially with your music. Have you thought about even writing a book to help guide artists? I've written a book, uh, not as not as an artistic guide, but just as like, a you know, my the way I kind of deal with things. I have written a book called uh, The Bullshit We Tell Ourselves. But beyond that, I mean, I read, I drink tea, uh, I try to meditate occasionally. Uh, I ride, I picked up biking last year and um, that's been like a big uh, therapeutic thing for me. I, I hop on my bike and mob around the city and just you know, kind of get that energy and that vibe. And that definitely helps. But yeah, I go play Frisbee with the homies, play tennis, hoop shit like that. You feel me? Just really been outside. Marlin 7, that's where the biking came from. Marlin 7, man. Marlin, no, Marlin 7 came from the biking. It came from the biking. (laughs) That's crazy. See, that's what you do. You draw pictures of what you do in real life in your music. And that's where artists need to get back to in life. And I've heard you speak about it before, about the music that you did make it a time and just saying that this is your last BS track because you wanted to get on some real type of time. Right. You know, I, I battle with that. It's funny. I was just having that conversation today because I've been in this space where I'm like, I don't ever want to release a song with no meaning again, you know, but you know, I got homies who are like, no, nah, but I love rap song and I love Hypey 2020 and I love, you know, they love that, that hype shit, you know, that doesn't have as much uh, socially conscious meaning, but it's still, you know, black. So it's like having that uh balance, you know, having something for everyone to eat, whether they're vegan or they just like pork or they only like the, you know, like having an option for everyone um, to be able to consume and, and, and enjoy it. I've heard you say before that you don't consider yourself an activist. So what, what would be the line drawn of what you consider yourself? Because you do speak out about things in society, about the proud boys, you speak out about things like police brutality. So where would you consider yourself as there was a line in between being an activist and just speaking out? I consider myself a human that cares. Uh, simply, uh, I don't think there's any title for that. I think at the basis of activism is humanity. And um, I think that's where I sit. I'm not I'm not neither uh, right nor left on on too much of anything. I just sit as a human. You know, if there's something that seems like an issue that needs to be tended to, I, I think that is that's just where I kind of sit within it. But, uh, you know, I don't have any any title for that beyond human. <laughs> And it's good that you speak out about these things because people in music tend not to. You saw it with the George Floyd, but it takes an instance like that for people to speak out where I feel as though they should speak out about it a little more. And when speaking out about these issues, do you feel as though labels turn away because there's times when there's artists that speak out about what's real? No, I don't think so, because uh, speaking out doesn't do anything tangibly you know speaking out only does so much they let you say whatever you want to say you know it may not get this a huge push or support but that's because that shit don't slap if you make it slap it'll get that support you know like we just had to find out how to make songs that are commercially available and still have some meaning to them which uh I've tried to do, you know, and and with songs like It Is What It Is and shit where I I still talk about socially conscious things but it, it slap you know but uh yeah I mean I don't think uh Labels don't see speaking out as a as a threat, you know, because speaking out is only only one thing. Anybody could say something, but everybody won't do something. Mm-hmm. I've heard you say before that 
with making the radio, it, it doesn't matter as much as making the radio because you can make it in any other way. But is there times that when you turn on the radio and you hear these party tracks that you put so much effort into it that your tracks, no matter what the message is, it should be on the radio? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think so. I think radio should be for the promotion of great music, but that's just not what it's for or made for. I mean, radio is a tool, uh, a promotional tool and a tool to spread news. So, I mean, you would if if I own the radio, I would use the tool to spread whatever the fuck my agenda is. You know, like that's what it's for. People make commercials to promote their shit. So that's what they're doing it for. The people who own radio is using it to promote and exploit their shit, rightfully so. So, you know, like we can't we can't keep depending on industry to uh, support and meet our needs. What's your take on the industry as a whole? Just trying to find your way as an artist into this lane, because you've been able to do it with your own company. Yeah. <laughs> Which is coming. Uh, I, I, think, I think the industry is a. I think the industry is a, a one earthquake away from despair. You know, um, they have to learn to readjust and to get behind these uh, forward thinkers and things that are coming new. You know, they're they're one earthquake away from from being gone. I think people like you are certainly the ones to change it, especially with what you're doing with your own company right now. And this started around 2016, 2017 with your own company. Is that right? Yeah, for certain. Yeah, company. I like the way you chose that name, the title, because pennies aren't valued as much. I've heard you right. elaborate on it that people walk by pennies. All the time. $100, $50, even maybe a quarter. They'll go and pick it up. Yep. And that's you how probably, you feel about you with your company. Walk, you probably walk past a, a million pennies throughout your life and you didn't keep none of them. Nope. And people don't understand the power of 1%. 1% of a billion is a lot of money. It's still life-changing, you know? Uh, so when you understand the power of 1%, you start to look at your pennies different. When you started with your career, which was years ago, we can actually get into the beginning after this question. Were you looking for a deal right away? Were you was that what you were looking for? Uh subconsciously, I think yeah, I mean just because I thought to be a rapper you had to have a deal. I mean, that was just like the thing. Like yeah. you rap, you get signed and then you become a star. Like that's as much as you know about it. So, yeah, uh, naturally, I think that's just like if you start playing basketball, you you want to go to the NBA, you know. You started when you were young, actually, when you were six or seven, you started rapping on beats with your sister. And that's what made you want to be a producer. Right, right. Well, a Kanye West video made me want to be a producer. But yeah, I used to write raps with my sister just in the room, chilling over crime mob instrumentals that we downloaded from LimeWire type shit, you know. (laughs) (laughs) 50 Cent was an early influence before Kanye West because people at school were telling you that graduation and Kanye, all the stuff that he was doing was going to outdo 50 Cent. And it came true because he became a bigger inspiration. But 50 Cent, we're, we're on this trending topic right now. Is 50 Cent top 10 of all time? Because I heard I saw something on Twitter today that said that he was top 10. He said that he was top 10. Top 10 of all time of mm-hmm. what? I think just the top 10 all time rappers. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he has to be. Not uh not not in terms of just rap as a skill, but just in terms of a rapper that made it and did something. Hell yeah. How yeah. could he not be? Fifty Cent had a video game, vitamin water, fucking his own cognac. He makes mo he's 
of course, uh, he's damn near. Yeah, <laughs> it's impossible for him to not be. I mean, he's taken uh, hip hop to a level that we've never witnessed it or experienced it. And 50 came out, you know, over a decade ago and we're still talking about him and he's constantly reinventing himself. There's no way he's not top 10. Anyone who <laughs> thinks otherwise is insane. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's easy for different people because when you look at top tens people go so far back as to the 90s and 80s is that when we look at artists such as krs one we look at their lyrics so we go to who's more superior in their lyrics yeah. so that's why they, they may not make the top level. 10 sometimes right they go straight to skill and uh you can't gauge if you gauge every nba player based on their ability to shoot three-pointers then you would never uh cover you know you can never cover the greatest because there's some who weren't shooting three-pointers but they could still drop 50 60 points in in their own way so you can't gauge it based off that one thing we got to look at the entire picture like this is 50 cent he changed the entire culture like he had niggas wearing bulletproof vests who didn't have no enemies like that's that's different you know that that is that's when you say top that's what i'm thinking when i think of top i'm thinking who influenced the culture who innovated who who changed the game there was no one in the world you know your grandma probably knew who 50 cent was just subconsciously you know there there was no one in the world who didn't so he has to be uh undoubtedly top 10 100 percent. what's your number one 50 cent album Get Rich or Die Trying. Get Rich or Die Trying. The debut debut album. For certain. I mean, just everything about it. The writing, the storytelling, everything about it. Like, that shit still to this day uh, is is, is just a great body of work. We need more albums like that. I think you're doing that. I think you're putting that forward right now. I see that's what you're doing with your craft. It's taking it seriously. We're artists today. It's so hard because we're doing what's ever trending but I think we're starting to see a shift. It just what a lot of artists in the game in general, when you see artists on Instagram taking a poll, because I remember back in the day, this was like years ago, and they would be choosing all the trap records and all the, the BS party records. But now they want the lyrics. They want the bars back. So now you're seeing a cultural shift. Uh, partially. Uh, partially, I mean, the radio doesn't reflect that. So no, I don't no. think that's relevant. Neither the Spotify playlist or Billboard or any of that. So I don't know if that's uh, true, but um, there's a there's a partial uh, space in hip hop where people want talent, but um, they want it, but they're not knocking down the door for it. You know, so it's like uh, if you have it, great, exceptional, we're gonna praise you. But if you don't, we'll accept the bullshit. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So uh, there's there's a there's a slight want for it, but not at a point where people are really like, no, I really want to listen to something that feels me, you know. Mm-hmm. Getting further into your journey throughout this music industry, you're going in just like every other rapper looking for a deal. Were you able to meet with any labels at all? Uh, a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Tons. <laughs> wow. Now, tons. Was, this, was this that they didn't sign you or the right deal didn't come along? Uh, it, uh, the right deal just didn't come. It just, uh, and not even the deal. I mean, I've gotten offered some pretty great deals, but the people behind it wasn't, uh, you know, cause it's not even just about the deal. You know, you can get a great deal from a not so great person. And then you got to watch who you sign to, because then you sign over your whole catalog and your rights and everything, and you never get your catalog back. 
I mean, you don't have to. I I haven't, I never, I didn't get offered a deal that wanted my catalog because they already knew. I mean, there's, you know, it depends on what you're going into it as and what you stand for in the beginning phase. Some will offer you that shit, but it just depends on who you are and and what you bring forth. You know, how much is already at your table. Mm -hmm. Who did you study when? Now you have to take the independent route. Who is someone's journey that you may have studied to take the independent route and start your own company? Uh, man, Nipsey, Jay-Z, um, Currency, Larry June, uh, Master P, uh, Jay Prince. Um, man, all, all, all the all the great independents, you know, all the one I, I've looked I've I've kind of built a blueprint based off everyone else's blueprint, little pieces here and there. And then, you know, creating my own lane and my own thoughts helped me get to a new level. You're doing it right now. Something I really admire what you're doing is helping other artists out. You're not signing them, but you're doing what a label would do for them. You have to. You have to. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I have a due diligence. I'm able. So as long as I'm able and capable, I'm going to do so. Mm-hmm. Are you scouting? You're just scouting Vallejo artists. Is that what you're doing? Or are you expanding? No. You're expanding? No, we, yeah, we have artists from all over, mostly the Bay Area. But I mean, uh, we're starting to get submissions now from different places. And uh, I, yeah, I'm just scouting great art. Of course, I have a priority on the Bay Area and then an even greater priority on Vallejo. But um, no, everywhere. I, I just I, I want to find great art and help people get that shit into the world. Something that's great as a marketing technique in what you do. And I notice is that you go back to your old songs that didn't pop right away. And then you make them pop later on. I mean, what's pop? <laughs> you yeah. know, like, I don't, I, I, all of my songs pop, you feel me? I'm just going and making content because I love the song. So I just try to promote the song as, as many different ways as possible. With the visuals, this is filmed where where you where do you usually film your shows in a studio? It's just a, with a studio in my in garage. In your garage, wow, that's crazy. And you would never notice it either because it's you just would never NPR ingenious. <laughs> because even you said that they've served as an inspiration for the videos that you create with the artists. Man, yeah, we we looked at every we looked at everyone who's doing what they do great in their lane, and we you know tried to find a way that we could do what we do great. And yeah, no, we're out the garage with it. That's how it has to be. That's what you're doing. You're putting on all these artists. Man, that's the best way. And to build, when I'm building in terms of community and foundation, there's no better way to build it than inviting someone into your home and, and, and you know, showing them like, hey, this is where we at. This is love. This is ours. You know, uh, that's the only way to build this type of shit, to get this type of trust and relationship established. When you listen to La Russell, which is yourself, Numbers and analytics don't matter to you at all because there was a time when you were focused on it, but you felt as though that the fans and the followers and everyone on Instagram and social media will eventually just come to you and you speaking about the shows. You can have 10,000 likes, but 100 people only show up at your show. Right, exactly. Yeah. And uh, man, you know, it's uh, the analytic game will eat you. You know, I've been consumed by analytics and data and the problem is when you get into analytics and data, you start to look at people as data instead of as humans. And uh, you factor out a lot of great uh, ideas and marketing capability because you're just looking at it as numbers. And that's not what this shit is. Like one human could be, oh, we're going to target there because we can get a thousand versus one. But what if that one person spends $10,000 with you? You know, you missed him because analytically he didn't fit your bill. You're right. 
the, the whole social media and it could change up what you have going too because you're so focused on the numbers too. Oh, uh, it it'll alter everything. You'll start doing shit for numbers and for shit like that instead of because of the love and the art and and you know the just the 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 heart of it, the passion. Like you miss out on all that. Everything starts to become a numbers grab. Mm-hmm. The numbers. It's insane how people view that nowadays because you look at someone such as Griselda. They're better than most of the people that are on the radio, and they have all the numbers in the world. The people that you hear on the radio. Right. Right. Exactly. And um, exactly. That shows you how irrelevant all of that shit is. Yeah. <laughs> None of it truly matters. You feel me? What matters is what's real. And all of that shit is fake. Numbers are fake. Numbers can be manipulated. Numbers 100%. are false. Everything is completely fake. You can't believe one number you see because you don't know how much of it is manipulation and, and bought and paid for, which I'm telling you now, most of it is. And as simple as that. So, you know, the numbers are just they're they're for aesthetic, you know. I like that you're taking this independent route for yourself. And and eventually the the industry, they're recognizing it. The people in the industry support you, Charlemagne. All these person personalities support you in the industry. They see what you're doing. When the higher ups come around, though, that's going to be the time for you. W- would you consider merging with the, the company that you have now under a distribution deal of some sort? If if the right deal came along with a with a major? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not uh, I'm not anti label. I'm anti trash people. Mm. So, uh, I you know, you find the right people with the right reason, and that might not come from everyone thinks that that comes from a label, but it, it may not come from a label. That could come from YouTube or from DistroKid. You know, it's really just finding the right people who understand what you're building and um building in that form. But yeah, I'm not anti-label as well if it's right, but it just has to make sense. Like people don't understand um what we do with art uh, goes into perpetuity. I'm able to send someone's grandkid to college off the song I make today if they own a percentage of it. That's what niggas don't understand. We're still playing Michael Jackson's music. We still playing Tupac music and somebody is still getting paid two decades later and he only got an advance one day. That shit don't add up, you know? Wow. So it's like, and we're even at a point now, honestly, artists need to start getting stake in the labels that uh, that they build. Um, no one will. No one would have wanted to sign the Rock Nation if they didn't have Kanye, Rihanna, and J. Cole. Why don't they own a stake in that? Rock Nation owns a stake in their likeness and image, you know. So they should own a stake in Rock Nation because we built this company. But artists don't think that way. So we have to start uh, just refining our approach completely. You know, I'm at this point now where I'm starting to like. All the deals I do, I damn near want half in cash and half in equity. Like, I don't even want, you know, all of it in cash. Give me some stock and then give me partially in cash. And that shit, that should be how it how it is going forward completely, especially as an artist who really has potential, you know, because think about Drake. Drake completely helped build that foundation of cash money and Republic. Drake should own some of cash money and Republic, <laughs> He should. I agree with you on that. And, and it just goes to show you that the independent way that you're building right now could sh- could change the game. And I think you're seeing it right now. It's starting. It will. You're starting a movement. It will change the game. Yeah, I believe it. It is changing the game. Yeah, I believe it, man. I really do. Just by the impact that you're having out here and even just not even with your songs going viral, but just the, the people that have recognized your greatness 
And how does it feel with all the hard work putting in with that rough patch in New Year's now that you're finally getting some praise out here, especially by the majors in the industry? And we're talking personalities. Um, bittersweet. Uh, you realize that that thing that you've been waiting in line for so long for, you don't even want. Like, I don't even give a fuck no more. Uh, does it feel so, like uh, fake love at times? Uh, completely. And I mean, just beyond that, I just don't give a fuck no, no more. You know, it's like, like I say, it's one of those things that you want and you seek so bad until you get it and you realize, like, I don't need no one's fucking validation for shit. Like, you know, when you when you got it and you come across and you realize you're in these offices, labels often make you feel like you're in their office because they're about to do you a favor. And that's far from the truth. Is actually the complete opposite. You the know? artists are going to do the labels a favor. They're the ones that's going to be uh, putting them on a pedestal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. So it's uh when you get that realization and you start to understand and you start to see people that you reached out two years ago who didn't respond and now they're like, hey, let's talk. Da, 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 you know, it just it, it it just builds a different relationship. And um, yeah, uh, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand, man. When when you're on your downtimes, when you're independent, and then when you make it major, all the people that you needed at a time when you were independent were nowhere to be found. All of a sudden, you're major, and then they come around, and then you got to be closing the door on them. Right, right. Because we know what type of people they are. <laughs> Man, they're all the same. Snakes. <laughs> they're all Snakes. the same. I want to get into Hovane. How did you meet Hovane? Because he did some management um, with Troy Ave back in the day, who was a, a great independent rapper. I don't care what anyone says. He's he deserves all the credit that he gets. He gets a lot of flack out here. He still puts out great content. Blueprint Lay, man. He did his thing. I actually met Hovane through Johnny Shipes uh, when I went to New York to meet with Cinematic uh, and just meet their team. Uh, I met Hovane while I was there and we kind of connected and just built from that point. That's right, because you got the call from Johnny Shipes, and you were actually crying too. That was another <laughs> call. Right, right, exactly. Call from Johnny Shipes, man. Man, that call must have been at, at a time when you most needed it, I'll tell you that, because that's a confidence booster. When you finally get that one call, that's all it takes, because even that's if it doesn't go through the deal, it goes to show you that, hey, th there's people in the industry that do take me seriously, and I have a shot with other people even if this doesn't go through. Man, right. Life-changing calls. It just tells you, it reminds you that uh, sometimes uh, people are seeing you and you don't even know what's happening. I had a, I got a call yesterday uh, from someone who was in a studio with a really big uh, industry producer. And he's like, man, he asked me about you. And uh, I was like, man, that's just crazy. Because you often, like I said, as artists, you think that people don't know you exist or fuck with you, but they know. <laughs> oh they're watching they just don't say anything they don't even like anything on your page but there's there's people watching right right and you know i i've i've had to adjust and get used to that because i'm a nigga like uh when i see something i like i share it support it or help in any way i can so when other people are like oh man i seen your shit i loved it and didn't share it or didn't hit me as a board is all it always makes me kind of uh. I had to realize and get to the point that everyone is different and everyone don't maneuver how I maneuver you know the way I uh act when I see things I like and love is one way and the way other people act and conduct that is completely different and uh for a minute it used to bother me but you know it's whatever when meeting with Johnny Shipes what was the most important meeting that you had in the industry that helped you 
with throughout your career being independent so far, some notes that you took down during these meetings, if any? All of them. All I mean, I think I've gotten the most importance from meetings that weren't even industry meetings or for. I just had one earlier today. I was uh, here with uh, Bosco and Miles, which are they've been in the industry for a long time and have done a lot of great shit. And they just pulled up to my house and uh, we had an incredible conversation today. And that was more v- valuable and important than any meeting I've had thus far, you know. <laughs> See, it goes to show you that it's not always the, the people in these buildings, these HR people, these different, these HR people have no idea what they're doing either when, when signing these artists and just getting any te- form of talent in the buildings. Yeah, exactly. They, they're just not, uh, they're not, they're not equipped enough, you no. know, like they, you have to, uh, you have to be in this shit to, to, to fully get it and to, you know, exert your, your creative ability. Like you have to be in this field. And that's the thing with this industry is it's full of people who haven't made music or, uh, you know, they haven't done the proper groundwork. You know, you got to work on the floor before you move up to the admin side. If you really want to know the business. One important thing too, about the, the HR people and all these people in the industry is that they don't understand hip hop. And I think that's a big thing. Why? You see the artists that are thriving nowadays because they sign these artists based off of numbers. They have no idea what hip hop is, that it comes from right. struggle. It has a message. They don't understand that. So they're all about the money and business side of things at the end of the day. Right. And it, um, it's not hip hop. I mean, they just don't they they understand business and money, you know, and that's that's what it's about. Um, and that's the problem. Like, yeah, when it comes to hip hop, hip hop has to be marketed and pushed in a specific way to be, to be received in a specific way. Otherwise you could really fuck up, you know, the art or the perception of it. Another important call that you got was Russ when Russ called you, because you were actually talking about his numbers and analytics with a friend at the time. And then how all these numbers were going up, but you really don't see anything outside of the numbers, but then you get that call and there's another life changing call for you. Another life changing call. Yep. Another life changing call. It's crazy how it all happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, super manifestation. <laughs> <laughs> I was hearing that you could sign the Russ. Is that true? Yep. That wow. is very true. <laughs> what did he say to you about your music and what you're doing out here for hip hop? Um, man, all, all high praises. All high praises. Just really good words, really uh, kind words, sentiments. You know, he's a fan of the art and a fan of myself. And uh, yeah. I mean, all great things. (laughs) That's great, man. Especially you even had the opportunity to work with E-40. What did that mean to you, especially being from North Vallejo, being able to work with a Bay Area legend as E-40? He invented himself over two, three decades here. Right. Huge. It's from a a young dollinaire to a gazillionaire a few times. (laughs) Man, that that was huge. Um, I'm from Vallejo, you know, so just to have that stamp and E-40 is a cultural icon. Like, so to just have that stamp of like, man, I worked with 40 while he was here and and all of his greatness, you know, that that's just some shit that you don't get growing up from Vallejo. You know, uh, there's not too many Vallejo kids who got to meet 40 or speak to him or has the direct line, you know, so this is, um, you know, I'm grateful, super grateful. Yeah. 2022 is right around the corner. What are some of the things that you want to achieve this year, man? Um, 
everything. I'm going to take over the world. Uh, I'm going to Mars. You know, that is, that's, that's the easiest way to put it. You're not taking the Bezos ride. You're going to Mars. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, that's that's the easiest way for me to put it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got some upcoming material material you want to talk about as far as albums that you're releasing? Because you were, you were busy this year. Uh, man, and, and it hasn't stopped. You no. know, I don't live my life in years. I live it in a lifetime. So uh, there, it's not going to stop anytime soon. The sink is flowing. When's the, when's the album first album going to drop in 2022, you think? You I don't that? know. I'm probably going to drop another album before this year is over. Really? Also, you got two weeks left in December here, so we could get another LaRussell album. It's highly possible. It's how you can get a LaRusso album at any day and time and moment. Uh, there's just, I have so much, you know, so it's it's highly possible. Especially the Drake record, too. That's something right. that you've been manifesting. Yeah, if it's supposed to, it's going to, you know, that's how this shit works. Anything else, man, LaRussell, anything else you want to let the audience know about anything you may have upcoming as far as signing artists, upcoming videos that you want to promote, as well as expanding your platform company in 2022? Man, uh, I think, man, people should just watch. You know, it's an incredible show. It's very entertaining. Uh, there's going to be a lot of seasons of it. So it's like, just watch. There's nothing I could say that's going to be better than the show itself, you know. Uh, so it's something that you just have to stay tuned for. It's going to be a great journey. And as a fan, you have a lot of opportunities to own stake and equity and to build and, and make money with us. So it's just something to to stay tuned in for. You, you know, you never know know what you're going to miss it'll all make sense when it's done it'll all make sense when it's done yes the evils was this a homage to jay-z of course yeah off a reasonable <laughs> i had to get that in real quick i of just want to that of was course. tough legendary legendary it was uh, i had to tough man I love that you always go back and you, and you pay homage in your music too that's important that you could set that trend for the youth out here is a lot of them don't care about what came before them. They just care about what they're living in now. And it's always important to see where hip hop came from, because at the same time, when you study that music, you become a student in the game and then you school all these kids that are in the game right now, which you yeah. are doing. <laughs> right. You know, and, it, and, and it's one of those things that's not a necessity. But if you get it, if you get it, you know, it works. But if you don't, you could also, you know, you can end up making something completely new. No one was shooting from half court until Steph Curry, you know, so. Uh, sometimes you just got to take on, you know, something completely new and, and not look to the past. But, you know, it's great to have that balance. 100 percent, man. You're doing that here. Congratulations on everything you're doing, especially on the independent route. I think this is really going to be setting a trend. You're already making noise in the industry right now. Keep going. I'm looking forward to seeing what you build in this future going on, because your time is now, man. Man, it's now. It's now. We're here. This is the only time that exists. Yep, you're right, man. LaRussell, I, I want you to enjoy the rest of your night. Take care. I have your album in the rotation. Let me know if there's anything else that you ever need from me in the future. You're always welcome on the show. Just let me know, man. I appreciate it. Beautiful. Mad Max, I appreciate you as well. No doubt, man. And, and, and have a nice Christmas and New Year's, and next year is going to be your year for sure. Same to you. We'll have to circle around and do an update. That's for sure, man. I'm going to stay tapped in with you for sure. For sure. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Take care, man. All right, bro. Yeah. Peace out, man.